On Easter, we say he is risen. We should say he is born. Right? Yeah. All right. What an amazing thing. Amen. All right. Turn with me in your Bibles now, if you would, to Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 21. I'll be reading down through verse 35. And when eight days had passed, that's since Jesus' birth, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that, th that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Wouldn't it be interesting to overhear a conversation between Simeon and someone else as he was waiting in the courtyard that day? I'm going to ask you to use your imaginations a little bit this morning. Um, go ahead and take yourself back to the temple. And imagine me as an old man. Not so hard anymore, I know. Um, maybe with a Jewish prayer shawl on, waiting, praying, and wondering, looking. <sighs> young man, young man, can you help me? Oh, Lord, do you... You made so many people, but did they all have to come to the, to the temple today? You called me to come and look for, for the one. You told me 
he would be here. Young man, young man, oh, as you're still young, yeah, not much, not much facial hair yet. Yeah. It means you have good eyes still, though. I need help, your help. I'm, I'm looking for someone, someone I must see today. Well, who is it, and how will you know who they are? Well, that's, that's difficult because, see, I don't know what they look like. You know how we're always saying, what if, what if it were this? What if it were this year? What if it were today that the Messiah would come? The one we've been longing for. Well, don't think that I'm crazy. But I was told by God, by his spirit within me, that, that I would not die until I saw the Lord's Messiah. And so I've been looking, I have been waiting, and, and by his spirit within me, I have been told that today, today is the day that I will see him. I will see the blessed one, the one we have been waiting for. And since I've been here in Jerusalem, this is my home city, I'm able to, to, to take in the, the, the wonders of, of this temple and, and all that, it's, that are, it's a part of it. Uh, sometimes I get, well, I, I try always to come for the evening time of prayer. When the incense offering is given and to gather with those who are there. Sometimes I get to come and, and when, when the rabbis are teaching in the court and sit with the others and listen and learn. And, and I love to hear about the coming Messiah, the promised one. And so I, I do have a few things to expect about who to look for. In fact, I've, I've, I've actually been able to, to accumulate a few scraps of parchment, a few of the scriptures of my very own. I've, I've had to save aside to get those, but they are my treasures. I don't usually bring them to the temple with me. But it seemed so appropriate that uh, the prophecies about the promised one should come and, and be here with him, these, these writings that I've treasured. What a, what, a, what a thing it would be to be one of the, the rabbis or one of the priests who could always have access to his word, always just go and, and open up the scrolls and study when they wanted to. I heard, it's just, just a rumor, but I heard there was a man who paid a small fortune to buy the whole scroll of Isaiah's writings. Can you imagine just to have in his home all of the writings of Isaiah? To read whenever he pleased? To know and understand? Can you imagine having that? For whenever he wanted to read it? But who, who should we be looking for? That's the question, right? Well, in Isaiah's writings, he says, For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and, 
and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't understand. How could, how could a child be called those things and be born, be a man? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and, and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So we're looking for a couple with a baby. So, so watch in the crowds. And, and when you see a couple with a baby, let me know. There might be many. We may have to check several. But it might be too early in the day, too, because I believe they'll be coming from Bethlehem. According to the prophet Micah, here, here's what he wrote, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth, goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Young man, what do you think that means? I've puzzled over that for many years. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel, and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain, because at that time he will be great. To the ends of the earth, this one will be our peace. He will be our peace. And also, this, this baby, I can tell you how old he is. He'll be 40 days old. According to the writings of Moses, you, you probably know this already, but... A baby, when it was born, the, the mother is, is, is unclean for seven days because of the blood. Then on the eighth day, they have the circumcision, and, and they name the baby. And then for baby boys, another 33 days. And then they must come to the temple. They must come and, and make the guilt offering the burnt offering for her purification. The days of her have been completed for her. And so she will be here. I assume her, her husband will be here with her, with the baby. Because of that, they will have with them a lamb for the first offering. And then a, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for the other offering. Well, it's possible if they're not able to pay. Would God use a very poor couple to bring his Messiah? Well, think about the other things he's done. Maybe he would. So maybe they will just have two birds, one in place of the lamb, and then, then the, the dove or the, 
or the pigeon for the other offering. So, so be watching for this young couple. Look like they've traveled five or six miles. Maybe with a lamb and a bird or, or two birds. Now you won't probably be able to see this, but they will also have with them five shekels. Five shekels because God declared that all the firstborn males are set apart for him. And so they must bring the boy and present him to the Lord at the temple. And they will be back. They'll go through the, the gate of the temple and make their way into the court of the women. And they will go as far as the, the big Nicanter gate. You can kind of see it up there past the wall. But, of course, there she'll, the woman will have to stop. She can't go any further. But she'll bring her offerings and present them to the priest to be offered on her behalf. But, but they'll also have to bring five shekels as a redemption price for this firstborn as the law requires. What can it be like to be the mother of this child? What is she thinking? What does she know? Does she understand? The Holy Spirit has told me that, that he will be here today. Must have told her, must have told the father. Every young woman in Israel has dreamt about being the mother of the Messiah? What is going through her mind? Oh, man, wouldn't, wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful when, when we're no longer as a nation under all of these empires? There, first there were the Babylonians and, and Medes and the Persians and then the Greeks. Oh, we had that one time when we were independent, though. We defeated the Greeks. We were an independent nation for a time might have thought that Judas Maccabeus might have been the one. But no, no, then the Romans came and put us under their foot. But won't it be wonderful one day when the, when the Messiah, who is to be the, the victorious one, will come, and he is coming. What will that mean for us? In the, in the Psalms, David said this, the Lord said to my Lord, the Lord, our God, said to my Lord, the Messiah, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array, from the womb of the dawn, your youth are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. What is this? King and priest? You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, that's something different. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. 
He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. I've heard many of the rabbis teach about this victorious Messiah. They're they're excited to see him coming, and so am I. In fact, the the prophet Daniel, when he was around my age, he, he heard about this one. First, he heard about all of those other, those other nations that would be over us. But then Daniel, he said, I kept looking at the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man coming. And he came up to the ancient of days, and, and he was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. Oh, maybe we think too small. God has something even greater in mind for our Messiah, not just Israel. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Oh, this... This baby I'm to see today, what a a thing he is going to grow up into. But but not just just a king, not just a priest, but but Moses was told, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which I will speak in his name, I myself will require it of him. Is this child also a prophet like Moses? Moses, the one that God called my servant Moses. There's something very personal there between, between Moses and God. It will also be with this child. The writings of Isaiah, they also say that he is my servant. The, the Messiah is called my servant, like God said about Moses. It says, And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength. He says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant. There's that same thing he said about, about Moses, my servant. That's too small a thing. He's greater than Moses. To raise up the tribes of Jacob, and restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Not just the king of Israel, but the king of the the goyim, the nations. You get to see this today too. Isn't that amazing? What what, what are we getting to see today? 
But I've, I've learned some things about this, this coming one, too, that, that I, I'm puzzling over even more. Yes, he is to be the king. He is to be victorious. He is to rule over the nations. He is to be the prophet and, and priest. Greater than Moses. But he's also to suffer. How is it that this one will, will be one who suffers too? Also, Isaiah speaks about a salvation that's more than just a salvation for us who are Jews. It's not just the, the descendants of Abraham, which of course we should have known, right? What did, what did God say to Abraham? From your seed will come one who will bless all the nations, right? But it's also personal. Because Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Listen, this is, this is kind of a long, long section here from Isaiah. But listen carefully. Well, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. Well, this is still, this is kind of parched ground, isn't it? Been under the oppression of Rome for so long, and, and even off there, you can see along the wall, their, their fortress leans up against the very wall of our temple. We have one who calls himself King, Herod, who rules over us. Yet he's an Edomite. He's not of the line of David. Parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him. Oh, I thought he would have been so amazing when we saw him. So... Maybe this baby will not look so impressive. But look all the same. Nor appearance that we should be attracted to him, for he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. What does this mean? And, and, and why is he talking as though it's already happened? It must mean it's certain to happen. It really is going to be. And like one from whom men hide their face. He, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Uh, surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, the chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us is turned to his own way. Oh, that sounds like us, doesn't it? Even, uh, even some of, I shouldn't talk so loud, but even some of these priests... They seem to think that they should be in charge of things more than just serving our Lord. Uh, some of the other people around 
working with the Romans. That's what they live for. Others pursuing money. We're at the crossroads here. Money comes and goes, and people want to hold on as much as they can as it passes through. Like sheep wandering down all kinds of different trails. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and and he was afflicted. And he did not open up his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And for his generation who considered that, that he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men. Yet he was with a rich man in his death. What does this mean? He's the king who will reign forever. His kingdom will have no end. And yet Isaiah talks about him as dying. As being stricken. I don't understand it. But because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth, but the Lord was pleased to crush him. Putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many. As he will bear their iniquities, therefore I will allot him a portion with the great. And he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. I think here's where the answer lies is... Here is how all the nations will be blessed, is that, well, aren't we all transgressors? Didn't we all, like Adam and Eve, choose to go our own way? And we long for for the one who will come, the the seed of the woman, who will crush the serpent's head, promised not just to us as Israel, but to all the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. There's so much, and I only have these few little scraps to pour over. But, But what does this mean for the mother who bore him? To know he's born to die? To know that he was born to bear sins that he didn't do. What does this mean for so many who are, who are expecting of the Messiah just someone to take the Romans off our backs? To give us back our, our independence? What will they do with a, 
a Messiah who's for everyone. What will they do with a Messiah who will die for the sins of others? What does it mean for our rulers who don't want to give up their power to a Messiah? Who are those that, that, that Isaiah talks about who will oppose him, who will bring about his death? I'm so excited, and yet, and yet how, how will that happen? And, and how will it crush the heart of his mother? I'm sorry, I've gone on and on as we waited here, and we still have not seen him. Where, where, where could they be? Where, where, oh, you, you see someone. You see a young couple coming? Where are they? There they are. I, I, I've waited so long. I'm not sure I can. I don't want to frighten them by being too crazy sounding. I'm sorry, excuse me. I see you've brought your, your baby to be, to be presented before the Lord. You've come to make your offering. May I hold your child? Oh, thank you. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May you have wisdom as you raise this one. This one is the one we have longed for. I see that amazes you, but, but it's not new to you, is it? You've heard about this one. May God grant you protection. May he grant you provision. I can't believe I'm, I'm looking into the face of the Messiah, of, of my Lord's Messiah, of, of my Lord, this little baby. Oh, sovereign Lord, as, as you promised, now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of the people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Ah. Oh, you're, so, you're, you're blessed, and yet there will be hard things. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your soul, your own soul, to the end that the thoughts for many hearts may be revealed. But it is the Lord's doing. Go forward in his grace and in his peace.
Praise God. Simi! 